You're listening to the Grow Down Podcast. Conversations while following Jesus on the old road that leads to new life. I'm your host, Tim Herset, and joining me again is my friend, James Busher. We'll be having a conversation about rivers and streams in the Bible, looking at both the literal and figurative use of rivers and how rivers help us understand living new life with Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. So James, when you think about these images, right, you are a, you're a writer, you've done a lot of writing and teaching about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you how have you seen the images of rivers throughout literature or even your own writing um, that you have studied? Yeah, I think, I mean, river and water is this kind of common um, theme and motif, uh, or I, I shouldn't say theme, symbol or motif throughout so much of writing. And so much of it um, actually ties back to um, like baptiz- baptismal imagery. Um, I think there, there are a ton of uh, just a ton of examples of like baptismal energy or sim- uh, symbolism and um, imagery uh, that pulls back to the biblical text. I mean, just off the top of my head um, in, in like Wuthering Heights, um, like a Gothic English novel, right? Classic. Uh, the protagonist, this like Byronic hero, who's this kind of tortured dark soul um, who's been through all this trauma um, in his moment of, of kind of realization or, or turning the windows whip open and like rain pours down on him as this like symbolic baptism. Um, and that's, that kind of imagery is super common uh, throughout, throughout Western literature for sure. Um, because so much of it is, uh, lives on top of uh, our understanding of the biblical text too. Um, I think, you know, in talking about some of the pieces, some of the, the things that you said about the Jordan um, got me thinking, and then diving into the Psalms as well, got me thinking of um, the way that the, the natural world, and this is like a really romantic idea, like capital R romantic, like William Wordsworth, um, Samuel Coleridge, these, these poets found so much, um, so much truth in kind of just what we're talking about and going back to nature and connecting the natural world with their sense of, sense of spirituality. Um, I mean, Wordsworth has the famous poem about daffodils sitting in this, um, uh, in this stream. It's really beautiful. Um, and as you were talking about kind of the difference between these tourist traps on the Jordan, um, and then the headwaters of the Jordan, and then following up with these Psalms, it got me thinking of this, um, 
moment that I was sitting like in on this dock in British Columbia uh, inlet, just kind of soaking in this quiet time and reflecting on like a summer kind of in the wild. Um, and I, I just grabbed some of these uh, poems because I was like, I've written a lot about water. Maybe, eh, I don't know, maybe something will come up. But eh, your conversation about the difference between those two scenes of these tourist traps and of this really natural space um, reminded me of this poem um, that I wrote in, in this really natural environment and thinking of the difference of what we've made of, say, like religion um, and trying to understand God. And then the really stripped down raw version of that. And I'll just, I don't know, I'll, I'll read it and um, cool. we can keep it if we like it. Uh, so uh, this is a poem called Cathedral. Um, and again, this is a poem that I wrote sitting in British Columbia after mountain guiding for um, a summer or two. I'm not sure uh, when I wrote it, but it was months, spending months in the wilderness um, and away from uh, kind of civilization. And that this quiet time got me thinking of, of this and I think it fits our conversation pretty well. So here we go. Cathedral. I climbed the green and timbered foothill steps through your open valley door and dip my fingers in the clear glacial holy water to genuflect. Down the aisles of white and blue and green rivers, I wade to kneel with my knees in the meadow grass at the foot of your granite altar. Throwing its light through the stained windows of the clouds, the sun burns and stirs the wild, the wild flowers into a fantastic frenzy. And in the fragile alpine glow, I worship you. On dirty brown and scarred up knees, I praise you in the mountains where truth splashes from the peaks and ancient waterfalls and glaciers grind away the architecture that fits your blueprint. How ignorant of us to call Rome or Turin holy places when your hand whittled the spires, your fists molded the depressions, your nails hollowed away the cliffs and gouged twists in the oxbow troughs uh, for the rivers to follow. I will not praise you in a building that shields me from your creation's holy sprawl. No, I will worship you in the mountains and in the fields, in the rugged wild of your original cathedral. So yeah, that's just a piece like setting up these two kind of places. They're these holy places that we make, or as, uh, um, as Wendell Berry says, says it, he says, uh, there, there is no such thing as like an unsacred place. There is only sacred and desecrated. And so like, this is, I, I don't know, a piece of, I think the rivers kind of drive through to these, uh, these holy places that exist because of that life giving power. Um, you know, that, that David's talking about that Jeremiah's talking about that, that life comes from these, um, these rivers that are supplied by God and that life through God, um, is also this metaphor for, for the way we live. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Grow Down Podcast. Conversations while following Jesus on the old road, which leads to new life.
Alleluia, Alleluia. 